Hey everybody, how are you? This is Pastor Dave at OasisChurchNJ.com and I want to be a duck. Did you see that video just before? I mean, that sucker has nothing to worry about all day, yet us humans, we walk around with worry after worry after worry. Especially in the corona lockdown that we're in, many of us have many different things to worry about. I just took an online survey of our single site that gets hundreds of comments each week, and the top worries were money, and the economy, well, that just kind of makes sense, right? Because some of us were out of a job and we're wondering what's going to happen next. Uh, we have health issues. Many of us are worried about getting this corona thing, how bad it's going to be. We're worrying about our relatives, our, our grandfathers, our grandmothers, maybe even hopefully your pastor, because I'm getting up there too. And then we worry about relationships too. That's the three top things, money, health, and relationships. Some of us are even worrying about how can we get along without killing each other in this lockdown? I thought, gee, maybe we could do that next week. So I thought it would be apropos if we looked at what Jesus has to say about worry. That makes sense, right? So I checked out Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and we're going to be in there today. And I found it really fascinating that Jesus, just in those 10 verses, three times tells us, and when someone repeats themselves three times, especially if it's Jesus, I think that's maybe something important we should take in. But three separate times, he commands us, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. Kind of important, I think. I believe in these scriptures, Jesus is going to give us three basic ways where we can overcome worry in our lives. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Now, in verse 25, we see the very first point Jesus gives us about getting over worry is we need to have a little perspective in our lives. We need to not go off the handle. We need to get an understanding of who God is and what we are to Him and, and how this all fits in and how life is more than just stuff. He says, guys, look, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He says, is not life more than that? We need to have perspective in our lives. That's our very first point, perspective. He says, guys, look, therefore don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Those are very important things back then in that day. And now under our lockdown, by the way, even just as important, right? Absolutely. He says, don't worry about all that stuff. Isn't life more important than all that stuff? And so he wants us to have perspective. I think at this point, it would make sense for us to define what Jesus actually means by worry, what the Bible actually means by worry, and why the Bible considers worry a sin. What worry literally means is, is to be torn to pieces, to have a divided mind, to be so upset with what's going on that you just can't keep your mind straight. That it's like this crazy habit over and over and over again. And some of us feel right now like this. We feel like we're being torn to pieces in our anxiety. We're up at night, we can't sleep, we worry about all these different things, and we're all over the place. So worry is actually a poor attempt to be God of our lives, to take control of our lives. We're like control freaks. And more than ever, being under this lockdown with the coronavirus, many of us are freaking out because we're not in control. I mean, talk about perspective too. A few months ago, I was a very picky eater. Now, I wanted to eat certain things. There had to be certain types of frozen foods that I would eat, only certain types of restaurants. And back in the day, uh, my family likes to keep really old things in the refrigerator, like I'm talking about three-month-old yogurt that has an expiration date of 2019, and I wouldn't even touch that stuff. Now, with ShopRite being a two-week delivery wait, 
I'm like fighting over that yogurt. Give me that Danon that's three months old. I'll eat it. In fact, I'll eat anything in the house now, whereas before, I didn't have the right perspective. I was picky. I, I thought I was in control of things. And now I realize, gee, I'm not really much in control of anything, am I? And guess what? You're not either. So little things like that, uh, perspective. So where in your life right now are you trying to take control of your life? You have a great opportunity right now because God has put us in a position, he's put all of us in a position with this lockdown to kind of get a new perspective on life, kind of get a reset. This is a divine disruption here to kind of smack us up a little bit and say, what's life all about really? Not to lose it over little things, not sweat the little things. It's very important and there's a great example in scripture it's found in Luke chapter 10, verses 46 and 47. And here you have two ladies that actually love Jesus to death. You have Martha and Mary. Now, Martha, she was worried about everything. I mean, every little thing bothered this woman. Oh no, I have to worry about this over here. The food's not ready. Oh no, I have to do this over here. Meanwhile, Jesus is right here with her in her midst. Uh, she's cooking dinner for Jesus. And Mary, she was complaining about Mary because Mary wasn't doing anything, it appeared, except sitting at Jesus' feet going, ah, relaxing, having peace. And Jesus, in his love, he, he tried to get Martha to have perspective. And he goes up to Martha and he goes, Martha, Martha, look at me. Martha, I love you so much, but look, you're worrying about all these other things. And they, in the long run, they really don't matter. Here, Mary has found the most important thing. And I'm not going to take that away from her. And of course, the most important thing was Jesus himself. The most important thing is a relationship with God himself. The most important thing is understanding that you are under the love and protection of God Almighty himself. So all these other things will work out. You need to have better perspective. So I think it's important at this point to differentiate between worry and concern. Worry is that thing that keeps you up at night that you ruminate on 24-7. It's like being in a rocket chair, right? There's lots of movement. You're doing lots of movement, but you're not going anywhere. It's like a gerbil on a wheel. You ever feel like that? I used to have a gerbil. My daughter actually had a gerbil. And I would see that sucker going on the wheel, and I would say, how stupid that is. That gerbil, they're just going on the wheel over and over and over and over and over again and going nowhere. Well, worry is like that. A concern, on the other hand, is a legitimate thing. Should we be concerned about coronavirus? Absolutely. Should we be concerned about our economical situation? Absolutely. But worry is paralyzed with fear. What concern does is it takes that, that issue, whatever it is, and makes a plan for it. So there's inaction over here with worry, but with concern, a legitimate concern, you make a plan. You don't freak out. You trust your God Almighty. You trust your Abba Dad, and you plan to deal with that concern. Like I was a hypochondriac. I mean, I had this crazy anxiety disorder where I would be worried about my health 24 seven. I would think about dying every day in my life until God delivered me. But I would actually take my blood pressure, at least no lie, 20 to 30 times a day, right in that chair over there, worrying about my blood pressure. And you know, when you worry, you know what happens when you take your blood pressure, right? It goes skyrocketing. And I would call my doctor, Doc, Doc, I think I'm dying. I'm worried about Doc. He says, David, he was a Christian. He goes, David, David, you're not dying. What you need to do is stop worrying. Listen to Jesus. Stop worrying. But come up with a plan to get your anxiety lower. Exercise. Take good care of yourself. 
you know, it's okay to have your concern there, David, but understand that God's in charge. Understand that your Heavenly Father is in charge. Understand that you can do something about it. So those are the differences between worry and concern on this side. So the second thing that our Jesus wants us to see here is not only is God the maker of all and the creator of the universe and someone way out there, you know, creating the stars and naming them by name, but also he wants us to see in verses 26 and 27 that he's also our Abba Daddy, our Heavenly Father. And I love, love, love that phrase, Abba. Uh, it's an intimate term. It means your daddy. And it means that he wants us to be able to go to him with our burden, go to him with our pain, go to him with our need and our worry and say, Daddy, it hurts here. Daddy, uh, I'm concerned about this. Daddy, uh, I know you love me and I'm just going to give this to you because I'm trusting you that you'll provide for me. And it's such a beautiful picture and it's so true. Your God will never, ever let you down. So the reason I'm smiling right now is I have a granddaughter, she's one year old, and her name is Haley. I refer to her as HG, which means Haley girl. But anyway, my son Jesse, he attends a Messianic congregation, and Haley refers to Jesse as Ava. And it's so precious, whenever I go over there, she'll run into her father's arms going, Ava! And she'll run and grab him, and he'll grab her, and Jesse, my son, will kiss her and hug her and say, Haley, your Ava loves you, and he's here for you. And don't worry, he'll never let you alone. And that got me thinking about our heavenly Abba, because here we see in verses 26 and 27, you know, we worry about so many different things. And Jesus is saying here, he says, guys, look, look at the birds of the air. Like, they don't, they don't like, do anything to get their food, and they're temporal. But look at you. God cares about you, and he'll provide everything. Look, it says right there, your heavenly father feeds the birds. So what do you think he's going to do with you? He's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for you. And that's the kind of Abba Daddy we have. He's our great provider. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's there for us. So in times like this, when you're worrying about when your next meal is going to come, when you're worrying about, will I have a job when I go back? Will, will things ever be normal? Well, you're going to have an Abba Daddy that's going to walk with you along the way. You're going to have an Abba Daddy that's going to be with you thick and thin. And see, he wants this personal, intimate relationship. And I think some of us, the problem here is some of us, don't understand. We understand God and the nature of God, but we don't understand the, the intimacy that God wants us to have with Him. We don't understand the concept of Abba Daddy. Maybe some of us have had messed up earthly fathers, but I want to say to you right now that you have a, a heavenly Abba Daddy that loves you, that will provide for you, that will be with you through thick and thin. And this is really what he, Jesus is saying here in these verses that you have a dad that's going to be with you. So it's very important that we have this correct theological concept of our Heavenly Father to understand that He's not just someone out there, that He's someone who desperately loves us, desperately wants a relationship with us. And by the way, if you're not a believer today, why not take Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Why not repent of your sins? Why not come home? You see, all your dad wants, your heavenly dad, is for you to come home to him so he can love you, so he can hold you, so he can see you through the storm. That's what this is all about. 
That's how much he loves you, that he sent his only son, his only beloved son, Jesus, to the cross to die for you. And so that you could come into relationship with him. He wants to be your provider, your God, yes, but also your Abba, Daddy. And that's what this second point is about, provision. Your God is the great provider. So in verse 27, Jesus is actually challenging the people saying, why not go to Abba, Daddy? Why try to do things on your own? Can all your worrying, guys, look, can all your worrying add one year to your life or in other versions, one cubit to your height? And uh, the answer to that is obviously no. This kind of reminds me of a funny story. When I was in high school, I actually wanted to be tall. I, we would do anything, my friend Jay and I, Jay Tintel, who owns Jay's Cycle Center in Westfield, we would do anything to get taller because we wanted the chicks and we wanted to play sports and so forth. And he even had this machine that would hang you upside down like a bat to try to stretch you out to grow a few inches. Well, that didn't work. We tried zinc, we tried vitamin C, we tried all that stuff. And thank God, though, for the disco scene. Around 1975, yeah, disco came out, and I got myself a pair of pimp disco deck shoes, three-inch heels. I immediately became six feet tall. And I thought, yeah, man, I'm tall, I'm going to be popular, and I'm going to be able to play sports. And I even tried, true story, I even tried to get onto the ball field in, yes, my pimp disco deck shoes. And I did. I played softball. In gym class and I'm rounding second base I'll never forget this as I'm rounding second base I badly sprained my ankle on these deck shoes <laughs> so nothing to the story other than that when I read this futile attempt at man worrying and trying to grow on their own that is futile I'm worrying about height my going through conditions just to gain a few inches was futile it didn't work so I'm just bringing that home to you Crazy sidebar, but I thought I should share that. And uh, I wonder what happened to those deck shoes anyway. I'd love a pair of them right now. You can probably get a few on eBay. Anyway, moving on. So in verses 28 to 32, Jesus basically expands upon what's already started in verse 25. And he tells his disciples and followers, he says, look guys, check out these lilies. Aren't they awesome? I mean, look at them. Mm-mm-mm. They are so amazing. They're, they're greater decked out than King Solomon in all his glory. And the point here he wants to bring across is, if something that's temporal, like a flower, that has no eternal value, if God does that for a flower, what do you think he's going to do for you? What do you think he's going to do for someone like you, daughter, or you, son? Someone who he died for, someone who he loves, someone who he gave his own son for. Don't you think he'll take better care of you than them? The answer is absolutely yes. And then he continues on in verse 32. He says, look, guys, the pagans, that's the non-Christians, they run after all this stuff. I mean, they're, they build their whole lives upon this stuff, on their money, on their food, on their houses, on their popularity, on their fame. And, and then something like this comes along and it's all gone. He says, don't run after that. He says, you're Abba Daddy. This, this is precious. I love this. Your Abba Daddy, your Heavenly Father, He already knows what you need. I love that He knows our hearts. Don't you love that He knows your heart? That He knows your innermost being? He knows what you worry at night about. He knows your joys, your sorrows. He knows your burden. And He knows it's heavy. And He wants you to take that burden and lay it on Him. 
Because you weren't created to do that. You weren't made to worry. No, you were made to cast your worries on Him. Cast your concerns. You have a heavenly daddy who says, just, just bring it all to me. Lay it on me. Tell daddy where it hurts. I love that. You know, you can never get, you know, some people, when you get older, you get a little hard, don't you? Some of us, when we grow up, we act a little too mature for our own good, don't we? Well, behind all this, we're still little kids that need the love of a father. And maybe some of you never had the love of a father, like I said before. But God's word says, though your mother and father forsake you, he says, I will never forsake you. We can come to our Abba Daddy, especially in times like this. Come to him. Get to know him better. Believe that he is the great provider. Believe that he'll take care of you. Trust him. You don't know where it's coming from. Okay, you may be out of a job right now. He's going to provide for you. Will you get everything you want? No. Will you get everything you need? Absolutely. But there's one condition, and it's this, and it's found in verse 33. So he says, but, there's that word, there's a condition, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't live like these guys over here, but seek me first. Make me the priority. That's the word, priority. Make me the priority, and I promise you this. If you seek me and my kingdom first and my righteousness, all these things that you need, all these things I will provide for you. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. I want you to put in things, whatever that thing is in your life, that you're worrying about, whatever that thing in your life that you feel um, that's keeping you up at night, you put in that thing in your life and trust your Abba Daddy. Hold on to him even through tears. Allow him to work in your life. And he promises he will never let the righteous down. He will never suffer the righteous to fall. He will never do that. So as we close down by way of application, God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit, through giving you an opportunity to surrender your life totally to Him. Where is it in your life right now that you're just holding on so tightly? What worry or anxiety do you feel like you need to hold on to? What area of your life do you feel like you need to control that your Abba Daddy can't do a better job of? And that's really where, what it's all about right now. You have a great opportunity to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I open up my heart to you. I cast my burden to you. And he promises, if you surrender your life to him, he promises to, first off, a great exchange happens. First off, he pours in all of his love, all of his forgiveness, all of his peace, all of his joy, all of his purpose into your heart. And then you can pour back all of your burdens, all of your sorrows, all of your shame, all of your pain onto him. He promises to take all that junk. And then he'll give you a better perspective in life. And then you'll understand that you have a God that will provide for you. And then as you grow to make him a priority in your life, you can walk through life together with him, hand in hand, with a spring in your step, with joy in your heart, and a real, real reason to live. And that's really what it's all about. We love you guys. We're here for you. Uh, I'm praying for you. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, uh, we have people waiting to pray with you to walk you through the whole plan 
of salvation, you can just click, I want to know Jesus today. If you have a prayer request, let us pray for you. We love you guys. If there's something that you have a need for, we're here to help you during this crisis. Text CORONA to 908-312-7600. Whether it's you need food delivered to your door or just someone to, to pray with you because you're so anxious, whatever it is, whatever need you have, we're here for you. Very well, guys. So that was today's service for you guys. We love you guys so much. We're praying that you guys stay safe and protected, that you guys are taking the most advantage out of your relationship with the Lord during these times. And we hope that today's service was simply a supplement to your current devotional and your prayer life and your time with God. So we love you guys. Hope to see you guys in a connect group. And if not, we'll see you guys next weekend.